So this week of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to talk about the, um, the Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight, the NBA draft, all the willing and dealing prior to the draft, and who's going to be going where on Thursday night as it's going to be draft time for all of the NBA freshmen. Everybody and welcome to um, this week's of Guys Talking Sports. On this week, some of our talk is going to be uh, Floyd Money Mayweather and McConnell Gregor fight. Is that actually a fight or just a high price exhibition? And then we're going to get into a little bit of the NBA, some of the willing and dealing before the draft on Thursday. So, guys, introduce yourselves. We have Al and we have Ace. Guys, say hello to our fans out there. What's going on, folks? What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Good. So we're going to get right into it. So um, Conor McGregor and a Floyd um, Money Mayweather fight is scheduled for August 28th. So what do you guys feel about this fight? Do you think it's actually a fight, any kind of competition, or does Floyd just basically just runs away with the fight and collects his $200 million, kisses his girls, and calls it a day? Uh, I, 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 I guess I'll go. Um <laughs> Real quick, I, to be honest, I really didn't expect <laughs> for this to happen. But um, now that it's official, I would say this. Um, in a nutshell, I have a feeling that Floyd is going to win this. Um, I, I have a feeling Floyd is going to win this. I don't want him to win. I would love to see Connor do something. I, I would love to see some controversy, pretty, to be honest with you. Um, no matter who wins, um, because this will be more of a continuation of talks to come. But I really believe that McGregor is out to really get the money. Um, I think they have it set up. Uh, me personally, I believe that they have it set up for. I wouldn't be surprised if Floyd May- Mayweather wins this fight. Uh, I do want Connor to to win it, but I would not be surprised if Floyd wins this fight. And that's all I have to say about that for now. Man, if the UFC is as popular as it is right now, and it doesn't even have to compete with boxing because it's just a whole different genre of sport, and Conor McGregor comes out there and puts on a showing and really does something, you know, really competes and actually wins, man, that's going to that's gonna be something because then – other UFC fighters are going to sit there and say, well, why can't I? <laughs> so you might find some, some different types of somebody from UFC wants to fight a heavyweight from the, from the WBC or World Boxing or whatever you want to call it, you know, different titles that they have. So it might be interesting. Of course, I, you know, I'm the underdog. I want to see Conor McGregor win. And it's not because I just want to see Conor McGregor win. I'm just, you know, you gotta love Floyd. Floyd is nice. Floyd is who he is, undefeated the whole nine. But the arrogance this can wear down on you after a while, and it would be nothing. It wouldn't be nothing more beautiful than a nice slice of humble pie to say, "Yeah, you're nice." But you know, like they said, any given day somebody can go down, and that day is just your day, and it would be awesome to see. Yeah, I was totally shocked about that fight even being done. I mean, we've been hearing about it for like the last couple of months. I never thought it was going to go on because I didn't think Floyd was actually going to get into a ring with an MMA fighter. 
not to say he doesn't have any kind of a chance, but you're going against a guy who's, you know, at the top of his profession, a trained boxer with 40, you know, 49 fights under his belt. And Conor McGregor is just an MMA fighter with no kind of real serious boxing experience. Yeah, he can slugger and he can hit, but, I mean, you going up with the best of the best, a guy who's the best defensive tactician in the game. And I'm having a hard time thinking this is anything more than just, in my opinion, what it is, a big money grab. Now, from the economic standpoint, I don't hate either guy. I mean, if you're going to be Conor McGregor, you're going to get upwards of, I heard, of $100 million. Can't sneeze at that. Floyd, of course, is going to get double that, upwards anywhere between two to $300 million. That's all depending on what the pay-per-view, you know, buy rights and everything comes out. But, I mean, that's a very expensive, high price exhibition. And trust me, with the UFC, you know, um, fans come along with boxing fans, that's going to be a lot of money to be made. I would love to be in Vegas that weekend and see all the action and see all the hogs, all the stuff going on. But at the end, i having a hard time seeing Conor McGregor do what a lot of other boxers have not been able to do, and that is beat Money Mayweather. I, I just can't see it. But, but but that's why I think he, he might have a shot because he's so unconventional. I mean, granted, he has to switch his styles to professional boxing styles, but unconventional, unconventional doesn't train the same way, doesn't take hits the same way. You know what I mean? He's prone to take more hits and and, and deal with it than, than a typical boxer. So that's why I think he has a good shot. Well, I agree with what you said, um, Earl, about the money aspect of it. Um, right now, like you said, Floyd, Floyd really doesn't have any competition at this point. So to see him, like, the, 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 what other way to get to draw in more money, to draw in more of an audience and to reach out of outside of the boxing world? And with so many things going on now with the collaboration of MMA and um, USC and, you know, they, that you bring those people in along with the boxing world. It's interesting to see if there are going to be more um, co collaborations, uh, more matches with MMA fighters or, you know, boxers going, switching sides, cross-brand promotions. Um, to be honest, we'd love, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they turn around and do, you know, Floyd Mayweather going into the MMA. Uh, so they do, from a business aspect, point, they have a lot of potential to do a lot more than just this. But still, this is a huge draw. And even though it's a fight that everybody wants to see, um, the question is, I, you know, like I said, I just can't see um, Money Mayweather dropping his element, which is boxing, to a, a, a MMA or UFC fighter. Um, I mean, it does. I mean, I just don't see that happening. That's why I said that. You know, um, I have Money Mayweather winning as well, but um, it would be more. I put it like this: definitely be more interesting if Conor McGregor does. I mean, gives a good performance, um, doesn't lay down or anything, and actually puts in a good enough competition to see how long he can last. You know. Just to see that aspect of it, I think, is really more important than the actual match itself. So I'm curious to see what goes, what they do from here. Uh, just to, to, to piggyback off of what you just said, as far as UFC fighters becoming uh, 
going over to the boxing side. Me personally, I don't think that'll ever happen. Um, I think it'd be more so. You know, I take that back. Maybe so, because I don't think anybody in the boxing realm would ever be that crazy to sit there and say, I want to go over to the UFC realm and try to fight somebody over there because they're just not built for that. But, you know, I see more so UFC going to boxing and say, yes, I want to do that because they box along with everything else. A boxer jumping over to UFC would be at such a disadvantage just because they don't know all the styles and everything that goes on. I think they will put they will harm themselves more so than uh, – they do good by themselves. Larry is growing, you know, more so than boxing. I mean, outside of boxing, there's, you know, it's not like how it used to be. There's not those real exciting fighters to really kind of get your butt boiling. I mean, you had the, you know, Kovalov and the Andre Ward fight this past weekend. I mean, the fight that I'm really looking forward to, not not this kind of McGregor and you know, money away with the exhibition, but I'm looking forward to Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm looking forward to. So there are still some fights out there to be made. I definitely think the UFC is definitely on the rise. And um, I, and I think if the money's right, I mean, somebody's going to try to make that jump back and forth. But, you know, you know, Floyd didn't need Conor McGregor. He was good. Conor McGregor needed Floyd. So Floyd had the advantage here. And I mean, he can still knock it off if he doesn't want to, but I still think it's going to be a fight. I think it, it probably won't even go to distance. I think it might even go eight rounds. I mean, but it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, people are going to, you know, pay for that fight. I am not going to pay for that fight because I know how Floyd money <laughs> the fights normally go. But if Conor McGregor thinks he's going to just charge Adam and just swing, he will get put on his ass. <laughs> so you learned your lesson from last time? That's what you say? No, that Pacquiao <laughs> and Mayweather, I didn't buy it, but, you know, I went to a house where they did, and everybody was getting all pissy about it. I'm like, have you guys not even seen how Floyd fights? I mean, if you saw the last, you know, 10 fights, then you know exactly how Floyd Mayweather fights, and that was his exact fight. Boring as all hell. Yeah, that is true. Um it's interesting to see what's going to happen from now on. Um, I, 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 like you said, this the match itself is going to draw a lot of attention as far as the the, the publicity, but the actual the, the the actual match itself is going to be very interesting to see. And hopefully down, you know, like I said, hopefully down the road, these exhibition matches will. I think that it's a it's. It's helping the boxing world to meet the MMA um, world. Um, what to take after this is going to be interesting to see. Um, maybe they can help draw some of the boxing world over to MMA and vice versa. So it'll be very interesting to see the outcome once this is all said and done and how much it would be for both business sides of things. Because let's be honest, um, both boxing and MMA, you know, there's the hardcore boxing fans, but outside of that, um, it, outside of that, do you really you don't have enough draw for the? They're trying to bring in more people, and what better way is 
to have both MMA and both boxing that come together. And maybe the MMA will say, you know what, maybe I'll be more interested in see what the boxing world has to offer and vice versa. So it, it's, it's a big enough draw where you could bring outside people who are not into <laughs> boxing or who not into MMA to bring them into the world to see what it's all about. I want to switch gears over here. We all know that the NBA draft is coming. Um, the finals is over and, you know, just very quickly. Um, I thought to myself that, uh, well, the, I was wrong. Cavaliers uh, thought it was going to win in, um, in six. They lost to the Golden State Warriors. Better team won. So I'm going to say about that. But moving on, <laughs> we have the NBA draft. And there's a lot of fireworks. We already had, um, you know, Philadelphia 76ers and the Celtics swapping picks. And everybody over here in Philly is very ecstatic. We just had um, the Lakers, I think, are trying to finalize a trade to send D'Angelo Russell, Timothy Moscow, over to the Nets. And then I saw something about Dwight Howard's bum behind getting traded from the Hawks to the Hornets. So this is going this this is leading up to a very interesting NBA draft. So guys, what are your thoughts about what's been going on within the last um, 24 hours? I'm I'm, I'm going to defer to Al. <laughs> yeah, um okay. Um all right, let me start off with this real quick. Um I thought the Philadelphia trade with Boston, I thought that to be honest, I thought that was good for both teams. Um because I know for a fact that Philadelphia needed a point guard. And I assumed that it was going to be ecstatic. You know, I assumed that they was going to look for one in a draft. But hold on. Um, hold on. Let, me, let me cut you off for one second. Mm-hmm. Why did the Sixers trade Michael, Michael Carter Williams to Milwaukee knowing they had a point guard in Michael Carter Williams? Now, if you can elaborate on that and continue, I appreciate it. <laughs> former the, 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 okay. the former GM that is no longer here, so that's why. So continue, Al. I mean, basically, yes. Earl took the words right out of my mouth. Um, it was this. This is new management <clears throat> with Philly, so um, they didn't believe in Marcus Carter Williams. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I was defending him as well. Um, I thought he had the potential to be someone good, um, especially. Um, to develop in Philly. Um, fortunately, I mean, unfortunately, I was wrong. Um, when they did ship him to Milwaukee, I thought it was going to be better because he could play alongside Jason Kidd. Or Jason Kidd can coach him, I should say. I'm sorry. Um, and to be in that past first player. When Jason, when they traded him from Milwaukee to Chicago, that kind of set the mood because if you can't, you know, if Jason Kidd can't help you, in that situation, in the same mindset that he's in, you know, to teach him, then there must be something wrong. So with that being said, of course, um, I really think that Markel Folks will be ideal for Philly. And I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he was an ideal pick for them if Boston didn't pick him. And it works out for both trades because Markel Folks is a perfect fit for the Philadelphia 76ers and Josh Jackson is a perfect fit for the Boston Celtics. Um, there's really no way around it. It's, it was a perfect, it was a perfect parent for So for them to make the trade, I thought was a, was a good idea. Um, I thought that, um, 
Philly gave, may have gave up a second round pick as well, or another first round pick in the future as well, which they have a ton of assets, a ton of picks. So I thought that trade was a match made in heaven for both teams. Now, but, but, go ahead. But why not just – they just swapped one for three, right? I think Boston was one and Sixers was three. They swapped one for three, but um, Philly also gave – I believe – yeah, Philly also gave Boston another first-round pick in the future. Okay. A future first-round pick. Okay. So it's a future first-round pick and three goes to Boston and Philly gets the number one pick. And yeah, just to clarify, it would be um, the Sixers' uh, uh, first-round pick um, via trade from the Lakers to the to Phoenix that they got next year. But it all depends on how well the um, how well Philly. I mean, how well the Lakers do. Correct. And Boston still has the New Jersey Nets pick for next year, so they they're set regardless. Um, I I. I Speaking of the Nets, um, I just saw that today that they they did they they, they they got rid of they finally got rid of Brook Lopez um, and a twenty seven pick to L A for D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Moskov. <sighs> now, with that being said, <clears throat> I have to say this: I love Brook Lopez. Tell me why you mad, son. Tell me why you mad. <clears throat> no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trust me. I, I love Brook Lopez. I always loved Brook Lopez as a player. When he first came to the Nets, that's one of the reasons why I stayed a Net, because I loved how he plays. I loved his attitude, everything around him I loved. Um, he became a, my favorite Brooklyn Net, period. Um, with that being said, you know, he became the all-time leading scorer or the all-time leader in points um, for Brooklyn um, this past year. So all those trade rumors from all the way back to Dwight Howard in Orlando, like he was going, he was in trade talks every year. So to finally see him get it done, I thought was, uh, I, I, I'm sad to see him go. But that, with that being said, I thought the Nets made a great move. I'm actually, you know, I'm to be honest, I'm actually okay with this move. For the reason being is because they get back a young guard in D'Angelo Russell. Um, Timothy Mozgov is, you know, Timothy Mozgov. So, um, he's going to always be there and they had to absorb his contract. Even though Brooklyn gave the number 27 pick, I was, you know, I really thought that they shouldn't have, they should have kept that. But all in all, what it boils down to is that, um, the Lakers needed to get rid of their, that Timothy Mozgov, um, salary. Um, and I knew for a fact that the Nets wasn't going to take him unless they either brought back a D'Angelo Russell or Jordan Clarkson. So, I mean, I heard those rumors for weeks now, so I just didn't expect it for us to give away Brook Lopez. I thought that it was going to be somebody else. But well, with that on, being Hold on. Hold on. But Timothy Mozgov is more than adequate. He's very serviceable. He's great at the, uh, he's great at the free throw line. And he's, he's more than willing to give you a double-double every game. He may not be that leading scorer for you, but I don't think you lose too much with a Timothy Mozgov at center. Yeah, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Don't like I said. Don't get me wrong. I love you know. I love Brook Lopez, but I thought that the, the, me personally, I like the trade for the Nets more so than anything. 
because although they gave away Brooke Lopez, you got a future young number, I mean, a future former number two pick that's a young person, I mean, in um, D'Angelo Russell. And you can literally build your team around these young players. You got D'Angelo Russell. To be honest, I'm scary to think D'Angelo Russell and a Karis LeVert um, one guard, two guard matchup is going to be scary down the road. And what Brooklyn was trying to do is grab future future um, players that has the potential to be do something great. And although Brook Lopez was still the go-to guy, he's 29 years old. So you're catching him at the tail end of his career. He spent majority of his career with Brooklyn. So to be honest, I, I really, as a Brooklyn Nets person, I like the pick. I love the trade. I love what they're doing. Um, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do in the draft, but I really believe now that with D'Angelo Russell in the mix, I don't think that the Nets is done. Um, but from a Lakers standpoint, you get Brook Lopez, you free up cap space, so when you're trying to go after Paul George and LeBron James or whoever else you're trying to get at for max players, you have Brook Lopez, you have a good enough center in Brook Lopez. You have you can get two max players, and you have Lonzo Ball coming in at the number two. I think yeah. it works. For both, both for both teams. If they if they pick one, you know, you know, Lorenzo Ball, which you know, there's some small screens about whether they are or are not going to. But I think at the end of the day, he's going to go number two. But it looks like they're trying to package up some first round picks to go after um, Paul George. Now, for me, Paul George has already said he wants to leave the Pacers after this year. He does want to be the Lakers. So why bet the farm on him if you know you can get him? I will wait him out until the trade deadline when um, the Pacers are going to be even more desperate because if they don't trade him before the trade deadline, he walks. And you already know he wants to go be a, you know, be a, a Laker. Any place you trade him, he might just say, I'm going to play that you know, rest of the year, and that's it, and still opt out, become a free agent, go to the Lakers. So I'm the Lakers. You know, you have all the power if Paul George is who you really want. Okay. Well, let's play devil's advocate. It's a it's a walk year for Paul George. What happens if he goes out there and really balls out, and some team comes um, come to trade deadline? Let's just say the Pacers. Let's just say they're borderline playoff, like they were this year. You know, and you have somebody like I don't know Washington that wants to come in and play. And snatch him up right before the playoff comes in because they want to bolster themselves to compete against Boston and Cleveland. Then what? But then what? You know, then what if he goes to Washington and he's like, you know what? I never really thought about Washington being a destination, but you got a young nucleus in, uh, in Wall and Bill and George playing the three then that whole Lakers thing might just be a thing of the past. So the Lakers can't afford to sit there and and, and think that, you know, come trade deadline that the Pacers are, are playing like like trash. He may become available because at this point, the Pacers are going to go for the best trade possible concerning about what they're trying to get in. Lakers yeah. are willing to give that amount of talent come the trade deadline if they're not doing all that well. Yeah, but they still got to convince or the, or Paul George has to convince whoever team the Pacers are going to trade with that he's going to sign a long-term extension because right now they can trade him to anybody if they wanted to for whatever prerequisite pieces. But if he says, hey, I'm going to walk after, you know, this next season, that team is left high and dry. So 
like I said, I if I'm the Lakers, I mean, if you there's, there's a deal to be made, and you can swap some picks, yeah. But if I'm the Lakers, you don't have to do it, and it's not even. I'm not even sure if the Lakers actually need Paul George to really begin with. I think I let, I think I, I heard Broussard, uh, Chris Broussard, say something about why would Paul George want to go to the Lakers and be somebody who may not make the playoffs or be just, a, just somebody in in in, uh, in the West, where <clears throat> Cleveland, and be the man and run the East. What are y'all thoughts on that? I don't know. Kevin Love is going to be the odd man now, so Kevin Love has to go. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying as far as from a Paul George standpoint, Paul George is talking about he wants to go to L.A. But L.A., even if they get Alonzo Ball, even if they have Paul George, even if they have Jordan Clarkson, they're still, they're still a seventh, eighth seed in the conference depending on how things go. And they're not going to dethrone – uh, they're not gonna. Th- they're not gonna throw on uh, Houston. They're probably going to throw on Portland. Um, they're not gonna throw on Utah unless uh, unless the kid from uh, Utah ended up going somewhere else. You know. So I mean, it's it's a tall order to sit there and have to deal with with a Paul George going to L.A. Unless he's willing to sit there and sacrifice a couple of years of his prime to get L.A. where it needs to be. Unless he's thinking that LeBron or somebody else is going to turn around and come there in 2018 and turn that team into some super team come 2018, then I just don't see how it will work out for him, uh, at least in but, but the thing about it is, is that, and this is why I don't, you know, that's why I, I don't really get the talk about Paul George going to Cleveland and this whole thing, <laughs> for, for you know, people have to understand, like, Paul George doesn't control where he goes. The Indiana Pacers control where he goes. So if I'm like Indiana, I'm thinking to myself, if Paul George is leaving for L.A., the first thing I'm going to do is see how much much value I can get and trade him, no matter what team he goes to. <coughs> I'm not going to go to Cleveland. And this is what – and I was, on, I was on argument with a lot of people on Twitter about this. Like, just because Paul George or LeBron James wants – wants Paul George to be in Cleveland, you know, just because, you know, y'all don't mind giving up Kevin Love doesn't mean anything. They don't control the situation. If I'm Indiana, I'm looking at what pieces I can get for Paul George, whether it's Boston and future draft picks or whether it's, you know, if I, if LA stands pat with no, with, you know, without offering anything and they do have a lot of young talent and draft picks available. But even if that's the case, if I'm, if I'm Indiana, I'm looking at, well, if Orlando decides to give me a, a lot of ton of picks and, you know, maybe a serviceable person, I would look to a, Simon Orlando and just say, hey, look, you deal with Paul George. And whatever happens, whether he leaves after a year or something, then so be it. That's on you guys. That's, I mean, I just don't understand why people think that him going to Cleveland or anybody going to Cleveland is a done deal. Just because he may want to go doesn't mean Indiana is going to, you know, going to just say go. You know, they control the situation. If I'm going – if I'm a DM for Indiana and I'm like, yo, 
if I can get multiple picks from Boston, you going to Boston. But yeah, but what 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 um <clears throat> But what Bill Paul George did is he kind of cut the legs from underneath the um, the Pacers by publicly saying, "I'm not resigning after this after this year." So basically, yeah, you're right. The Pacers have all the power; they they can trade him wherever he wants to go. But whatever team is going is going to be like, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to lowball you and pay pennies on a dollar because if you don't take my deal, guess what? Your boy is going to walk in 2018. And you're going to get nothing in return, and then anybody can offer them a boatload of money. So either they're going to get a get a trade now, get desperate by the trade deadline, and if you don't get them by the trade deadline, you would just sit there, give them the lowest, baddest deal ever, or maybe try to come up above somebody, but you're not going to give them the desperate best deal that you have because the Lakers got a trade, but every other team now is in the driver's seat because they can say, "I'm going to offer pennies on a dollar." If you don't take my deal, then guess what? We're just going to wait to the trade deadline when you're even more desperate to get something from them. And if you still don't trade them, then guess what? We're going to wait to next year because then he's a free agent and we can sign him and I have to give up anything. But you know what? I, and that is true. But you're, what's going to end up happening is Indiana is going to – they are going to get low ball. There's going to be probably something where Paul George gets traded to a team for maybe a second-round pick and maybe some players <laughs> unknown, i.e. the Marcus Cousins. So when you think about it, it's, it, you know, that's just the nature of the business. And they're going to be like, you know what, I don't mind taking a second-round pick or something, you know, rather than having nothing. So it, it, it made the value for, I mean, Paul George, but at the end of the day, it's all business. But, but here's a question for you. If Cleveland is going to sit there and, and try to compete with KD, Golden State for next year's championship. Because it's already rumored that KD's going to take opt out, take less money to make sure that you recapture everybody. Who is the better dude to come in and be that third win? Is it uh, Jerry Paul or is it Paul George? I will go with Jimmy Butler. If that was me. Why, to be honest, I will also go with Jimmy Butler as well. Better defender, better wing defender. To be honest, Paul George is—he's at the point where he's, you know, Jimmy Butler is younger. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Jimmy Butler is a lot younger, and that knee problem that happened with Paul George, you know, that alone is enough to be a, a, a deal killer. So, yeah. So, uh, with five minutes left, um, one last question. So, um, draft. So, who do you think goes first? Well, I mean, I already know that Josh Jackson – Boston already said they're going to take Josh Jackson, number one. Um, I'm more curious to see what happens with the number two because if uh, – like I said before, if Lakers don't take Lonzo Ball, that's just going to throw everything out of whack. What do you think, Ace? Uh, I keep hearing this kid from, uh, from Washington. Washington? Marcus yeah, Marco Fultz. Yeah, he's going to be the number one pick. Well, you have to understand now that, that yeah, that is true because Philly is still is now the number one team. Right. So, yeah, that's – you're absolutely right. Yeah, so you're right. I, I take that back. Mark, yeah, folks is going to be number one. And, and the kid from Kansas is number three. Correct. Lonzo Ball, 
I mean, everything is looking like uh, L.A. is doing what they need to do to clear space to get Lonzo Ball in there and then try to do what they can do to get Paul George to come over and create their young three with uh, Ball, Clarkson, and Paul George. Even though, you know, Paul George want to go to L.A., all fine and good. You know, nobody's on that. But I, I still don't understand the logic because – you had a great opportunity in Indiana, though it didn't work out. You didn't go as far as you wanted. You're not going to get any farther in L.A. for the next two to three years. So it's like he's sacrificing even more time in his prime, and he's probably beyond his prime at this point, to really make any type of move. So I guess it's just the, the I guess it's just because of the whole L.A. thing that he wants to be out there. Now the bigger question will be. Porzingis, Mello, New York. We only got a minute to discuss on that. What's going to happen there? No, I think we need a part two for that whole. This, this, I think we need a part two for that. I mean, all jokes aside, I think we need to discuss that right after this because <laughs> I think that alone should be enough of, of the whole Phil Jackson thing I'm not even going to get into. But I think that alone deserves a separate segment. <laughs> well, the state of the Knickerbockers will have to be tabled for another night. So my guess, I'm going to say Marquez Fultz goes first. I'm still – do not be surprised if the Lakers do not go with LeBron, Lorenzo Ball and, and pick Josh Jackson. Uh, well, <clears throat> and with that effect, um, I guess we're coming up on our time, everyone. So um, we want to say thanks to everyone that's been out there subscribing. Um, coming in the near future, we're going to have a little bit of sponsorship on our on our webcast, so be on the lookout for that. So um, Al, hey, let them know where they can find you at. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> you can find me on um, Instagram and on Twitter. I am Al Qualls. Again, I am Al Qualls. And um, you can find me on Twitter, CatDaddy1963, CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and the gram, J-E-R-O-S-S-7. I know I got to be a little bit more up on my Twitter and responses. I've been very lax and very slow at getting at that, but I'm going to try to do a lot better. All right, everybody. So this is our um, this is it for our guys talking sports for this week. I want to thank everybody for coming out, and as always, have a blessed day. And remember, draft is on. So look out for that. Outside of that, wow, wow, Olay, yep.